Right, so Ricky Sanchez podcast is brought to you by Cornblow and Cornblow, the official law firm of the process, and by SeatGeek. What? Get $10 off your first order with promo code RTRS at SeatGeek. On the show today, the playoffs are here. Can you believe it? We're in our, our second round of Ricky playoffs, or our second edition of Ricky playoff edition. So Sixers play the Nets. We will preview that after the longest final two weeks of any sports season ever. Uh, we actually have the playoffs. And we will do some looking back on yet another weird Sixers season. And, of course, we'll give Mike 120 seconds to talk about the last two games, um, probably the most important Sixers games he watched all year. Uh, before we get going, the Lottery Party t-shirts are on sale. And if you want it <clears throat> in time for the party, uh, you have to order by April 23rd. So all the shirts are nineteen ninety nine. All of them benefit our charities, Providence Animal Center Encoded by Kids, and there are six of them, I think, and they're all tri-blends. They're all nice. So go to writesrickysanchez.com. Make sure you order by April 23rd. Without any further ado, here is Run the Jewels. We are the murderers there. That with the jail and we murdered the murderers there. Then with the hell and discovered the devil delivered some hurt and despair. Used to have powder to push. Now I smoke pounds of the push. Holy, I'm burning the bush. Now I give a fuck about none of this shit. True run Welcome to the Rice of Ricky Sanchez podcast. I'm Spike Eskin, along with a guy who's going to do his own separate podcast, just talking about tonight's game and the Miami game and Zaire Smith's contribution. That is Mike Levin. Got a lot to say. We're going to go individually, player by player, and assess. You can, you can tune out until Amir Johnson and they have a lot to say. <laughs> uh, it was nice to see. I felt good for Zaire Smith, who has now made more NBA three-pointers than Markel Fultz did in two years. Um, in Zaire Smith's four games as a Sixer. So, pretty impressive. Man, he um, legitimately, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it right now. He looked really good. He looked, oh boy. no, he looked really good. I uh, So, look, so I watched a couple of his G League games, obviously. Um, was very tentative, didn't seem to be uh, having a good time with his teammates. Felt, you know, his athleticism wasn't really there much, or if it was there, it was somewhat out of control. And the shot was kind of chaotic. And I remember the first shot, I think, hit like the top of the backboard uh, at, at, a, at warp speed, which wasn't great. And then for him to you know, get a couple games under, under his belt there and then, and then make his debut here and Brett being like, ah, he probably won't even play. And then he comes in and still looks pretty tentative and doesn't know where to be offensively and like, doesn't connect on a bunch of the stuff that, he, that you know, he's capable of. But you can start to see something, and then in the last two games, like you start to see him like really building confidence, and uh, I like it, man. I like it. I think. I mean, you see him working around screens. You see him not dying on screens. Uh, he's a smart player. Like he's he's obviously has such a long way to go, but there's like really the makings of a of a very very useful two-way player in there uh there was even just one play where he you know he had like a 20 footer and he passed it up and decided to like back it out 
until Amir got got had a nice seal, and he made a nice pass to Amir for that. And and he had five assists to one turnover. Not like the Bulls were really you know putting up much resistance, but I I just I see it, and I obviously he's not at anywhere near his peak or even the guy he was at Texas Tech yet. But I see it. I see him like looking good. Him and Jimmy seem to have a fun relationship. Like the guys seem to start are starting to like him. And and you know even even in the uh, the Miami game, you could tell Ben wanted to like connect with him on an alley oop, and so they were like forcing it a little bit because they. I mean, I'm sure they see him in practice. Like they know, like just how much this guy can get up. All right, and, I think we're at 100. No, I'm seconds. going. I'm late, yeah. I'm, I'm parlaying it. But but it, it boils down to like. You know who do you want to defend guards in, in the playoffs? And I think for a couple stretches here and there, I think Zaire is is useful, and I think they should they should deploy him uh, responsibly as needed. Okay, that was a lot of Zaire Smith talk. I love him. Come uh, on, he had, guy had a well, guy, guy almost died, and now he's bas- basically an integral guy in the team. I'm in. Yeah, well, I mean, it says a lot about the uh, the the team building. No, that's not that's not great. But uh, we yeah. can focus on the good part of it. Yeah, I'm 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 glad he was out there. I'm glad that uh, like I, I, it will be uh, hilarious and amazing if he plays any meaningful minutes in the playoffs. Huge win for you if that happens. So I'm I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to the the victory lap. The the most confusing victory lap of all time. That's right. The uh, the Willie Green Apple Podcast five star review. We are at two thousand three hundred. Wait, two thousand three hundred nineteen on their way to to three thousand. This one comes from D Goldstein twenty four. He says, uh, or she, I don't know. As I suffer through this game, my mind naturally wanders to the following question: If the Sixers win it all this year, does Markel get a ring? Is he at the parade? Um, I wow. think he would get a ring. I don't think he'd be at the parade, though. Yeah, I don't think I don't think former players come to the parade. Yeah. Um, so, what do you want to talk about? So, the, the Sixers will play the Nets. There is uh, no. We, we don't have any schedule thing yet, whether it's Saturday or Sunday. Uh, Brett Brown just addressed the media afterwards and seemed to squash the. Elton Brand said before the game that um, it was possible that Embiid would not be ready for the first game of the playoffs. Brett Brown said, I expect all of our starters to play unless I am told differently. So um, I guess we should just operate as if Embiid is playing. I don't think it makes a huge amount of difference in the the first series. But uh, do you want to talk about the uh, I wanted to go through some memories of this season or you want to talk about Brooklyn first? Uh, Brooklyn first. Okay. Um, I think this is the easier of the two matchups. Wow. Personally, uh, this or Orlando. I think Orlando, like, look, um, we, have, we have trouble with every backcourt player. So I, I don't, I'm not, like, any more scared of D'Angelo Russell and Spencer Dinwiddie than I would have been of um, uh, Evan Fournier. Yeah, DJ Augustine <laughs> and Evan Fournier. Like, right. it's the same thing. And Vucevic, I think... I think the biggest difference between Orlando and the Nets is that like Vucevic presents an actual issue for Embiid, and um, if that, a series like that goes six games, that could really wear him down. I'd rather he not have to face somebody like that. And uh, and he, you know, offensively he's sort of Horfordy in that like he'll pull Embiid away from the rim and he'll make him chase him around. And I don't know. I'd rather play the Nets. I. 
th- there will be one game where uh, Dinwiddie or five games where Dinwiddie and Russell go off and they lose and we act like it's the end of the world. But I think the net series is going to be easier than the Orlando would have been. Yeah, I mean, the, the Magic definitely play defense and they will put up resistance. Um, both teams are, are kind of in the just happy to be here mode. Um, you and the and the Sixers beat writers just very happy to have a nice short drive to Brooklyn. That feels me. What does that have to do with me? No, well, you, oh, you, you mean you we're wanted, the only ones that exactly that wanted Brooklyn? Yeah, I hear. You. I mean, yeah, yeah. The the odds, at least if D'Angelo or Dinwiddie goes off for twenty five plus points, then you you know you feel like all right, that happens. Uh, DJ Augustine goes off for thirty, then you're <laughs> you're in trouble. Um, <laughs> I hear I hear the rationale. I. I think, truthfully, uh, we are uh, Philadelphia 76ers fans, and we will, you know, have the ability to panic about everything. Uh, I just want to sort of put this out here before it, the playoffs get going. Uh, the Eagles won the Super Bowl. Things are good. Like, <laughs> Sixers won 50 games back-to-back years. Like, uh, we don't have to we, – we can choose to not be so negative. And uh, and assume the worst because the Eagles did win the Super Bowl and uh, and that's nice and the process worked. So well, who's who's yeah. assuming the worst? I think like the you know the general demeanor of of and, and, and feeling and temperature of Sixers Twitter is 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 pretty low right now. Um, but I, I feel okay about Brooklyn. I like the Embiid matchup on Jared Allen. I think the who did I th- on I think Pfeiffer on. Uh, John Gonzalez's podcast said that he looks at he looks at Jared Allen like a cartoon, like looks at like red meat, uh, which I think is uh, apropos. I'm excited for him to take over. I think there's, you know, there's energy teams, right? Like there's teams that can just in the regular season wor- outwork you and out hustle you and stuff, and there's good vibes around them and stuff. But in the playoffs, you know, talent will win out. So. Hopefully they can. I would love a sweep. I would love a sweep. Um, that would be a nice, nice bit of momentum going into round two. But hopefully it uh, will be a quick, rather quick series. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I I think it'll be five. I don't think that the Sixers are going to sweep them, but because uh, there's, I mean, so the Sixers and Nets two two this season. One of the Sixers wins was the Jimmy Butler. Uh, game winner right around was that the Christmas weekend or Thanksgiving weekend or something because I remember it was when I was in California um, when that happened or right around when that happened so Sixers 2-2 two and two against them but like they do you know the, the Nets are awfully young and the Sixers are not really anymore um, you know they have plenty of guys who have at least played in playoff games now so I I don't think it'll be a sweep, but I think um, I think five is a pretty likely scenario. And I, they, you know, with as tough as the second two rounds of the playoffs will be in the Eastern Conference, if they're able to get that, I mean, they, they really, they don't have to get it done in five, but man, it would be a, a huge bonus if they could and have some rest going into, especially Embiid, going into that second round. For sure. I mean, this will be outdated in a second, but... Uh, everybody on Twitter is like panicking about Embiid and I'm just like not they just are always going to be cautious with him like they're always going to be like I don't know we'll see like we'll see if he's going to be there but like he's there's no way he's not not going to play the only reason he didn't play last year at the beginning of the Miami series is because they're like your eye could fall out like that's a that's 
that's a trouble. Yeah. Um, so I'm not worried about that. Um, another thing, just to, to circle back to the Orlando stuff, like, man, it would have been like Aaron Gordon, John Isaac, like those are, they have bodies to match up with, with the Sixers and just at least, you know, give them trouble and be frustrating. And, you know, if, if, if shots aren't falling from the outside and Embiid is having trouble, you know, giving up the rim to, to Vucevic, then that would have been, you know, I could have seen, I don't think, I think the Sixers beat either team and, and if they lose to either team, then they weren't meant to get very far anyway. But, uh, I'm, I'm coming around to, especially with 40 minutes of Zaire on D'Angelo or Dinwiddie. Um, (laughs) <laughs> which I'm mostly serious about, and uh, I, I feel I feel okay about Brooklyn. I feel okay about it. I like Brooklyn. I wanted to root for them against like a Toronto situation, but um, you know, I think you, in a series you end up hating everybody that you play against. I certainly did against Miami last year, so we'll see who gets chippy. Jared Dudley's definitely gonna like get in somebody's lap, like yank somebody's arm off. Um, man, the you playoffs, know, we're here. I mean, it's, it's, it's well, 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 so many regular season podcasts we've done, and you could just throw all those away. I know. And now we're here. Hundreds, hundreds. Thank goodness they're not archived anywhere as well. The, the, uh, the thing about Brooklyn too is like, can everyone? You know, I like how they've been too. I mean, that you know gives me uh, reminds me of of uh, of the process years. But like, can we slow our roll on like the job they've done over there? Um, they, they really had no choice but because they didn't have any draft picks. Um, every contract they threw out there would have been a disaster if the guy signed for it. Like, remember, they offered Alan Crabb the contract. They offered um, my, uh, my guy. Um, Trevor Johnson. Tyler Johnson. Tyler Johnson. Yeah, Trevor Johnson, contract. my friend. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Tyler Johnson. Uh, a giant contract. Like, let's... Are you there? Yeah, I was just laughing about uh, Paul, and my friend's name is uh, Trevor, Trevor Johnson, and I. Am, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I I just I I don't know. Have they done that good a job? Like, how much better can they be next year? D'Angelo Russell's like. Well, like, they got they can't pay him. I think it's, have, it, it, I think it's they've built a nice like culture and with with guys. You know, it's it's very process esque. I think you're right. Like they they took on money to to get assets, which is the same thing as the Sixers did, and the like. You know, all the all the fun trades that we enjoyed over those over those deadlines. They did the same thing. They got D'Angelo Russell basically to just take on Moscow. Like those kinds of things are what you're supposed to do. And they followed when when you have zero picks, they this that's the the right method to do like they you know they yeah they drafted uh a lottery talent in karis levert uh later on because he was hurt like it was, it's very sixers-esque so you know they haven't had the opportunity to get a like leading man yet um i think d'angelo is like pretty good and i'm glad he was an all-star this year that was nice but you know he's still a fairly inefficient player doesn't get to the line um doesn't play a ton of defense uh I'm not. I'm not building around him that much. Obviously, I loved Dinwiddie and have loved him for since before before he came out. And I like a lot of these guys. And I like um, what's his name, the coach Atkinson. Um, so yeah, it's they fine. Seem, they seem like it's a good. Fine. They seem like a good. Like everybody feels good about about like the direction they're going. And if they can get a free agent this off season, maybe it's Jimmy Butler. Like then then you can start to see something coming together more. But uh, people would be coming there for like a you know a, a good supporting cast without the the star yet and 
unless you're the Lakers that you know stars don't don't just like acquiesce to that usually. So we'll see if it's if it builds much more than this. But they seem like they have gone from being like a total tire fire to yeah they'll probably make the playoffs a, a number of years in a row, which is nice. Uh, as reported by NBC Sports Philadelphia's Paul Hudrick, Brett Brown says the team will put out a more detailed statement regarding Joel Embiid. Brown said he's not answering any more questions on it. Yeah, I think people are, that's the thing people are overreacting to. I, I just don't. There's, he's he's going to play. He's going to be fine. He's going to play. Right. He's gonna, he, right. Brown reiterated he expects the starters to be available in the playoff start. That was first. Yeah. I don't think that was, yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know. So what's your, and I guess the <clears throat> the worry on the Nets is what we have talked about. Like, there's not really that much to talk about. The worry is if uh, they they have a few guards or two guards that will have trouble. Well, they even have, uh, what's his name? Uh, the guy uh, that LeBron made the heat draft. Um, what's Shabazz. his name? Yeah, Shabazz Napier, yeah. uh, who could definitely go off for 32 against us one game. So let's just hope that doesn't happen more than than one or two games, and the Sixers don't lose more than one game. But yeah, we'll this see. should be I, pretty. This I, should be pretty easy. I mean, yeah, the Nets. The Nets have sort of had a a, a somewhat balanced roster over the course of the year, and I, I'm I'm interested to see what their playoff roster looks like. Do they play Rondé Hollis Jefferson as the Backup five to Jared Allen. Do they play at Davis? Um, I don't think you can play Rondé covering Embiid. Uh, that does, doesn't seem to make sense. And, and if these guys are going to, our starters are going to be playing thirty-eight plus minutes, then I, I just don't think that they have the guys to, to keep up with them. Um, yeah, I mean, Demar Carroll should probably do a decent job on Simmons. Um, Joe Harris will follow JJ around. D'Angelo or Dinwiddie. We'll do some of that, and then they'll probably match up with, with Jimmy a little bit. Um, Lavert is an interesting cover. I think probably Jimmy will be on him. Like there's, they, they have guys that can throw at you, and, and JJ can, you can hide JJ on an Allen Crab or a Joe Harris or whatever. Um, I'm, not, I'm not crazy concerned. They don't play a, great, a ton of defense. I think it's just a matter of like they had, they had guys that were trying all season long, and they, and they believed in the system and stuff. Um, but they're, you know, the Sixers have four at least four better players than they do um and so this is the bet the Sixers made was that talent would win out and it has to very clearly in round one so they can be healthy and prepared for for what's next I agree um you know Mike um playoff tickets if you want to get playoff tickets oh my god do you know the best way to get playoff tickets if you really want to go ask you First me, and then when I say, please leave me alone, yep. uh, then you go to SeatGeek. Seat you have to. Geek. I've been waiting for you to do that. I knew you were going to do that. Well, cause you do it again. SeatGeek, you used to think yeah. when you grew up, geeks were bad. Now, geeks are good. They're the best. You know, now that every, you buy tickets online, it, it can be a, uh, a frustrating experience in that you can't just go to one site. You have to go to like eight different sites. Then you Google it. Can I get a better deal here? SeatGeek makes it easy because they take all the sites and they put them in one place and they tell you whether it's a good deal or not. Think about how honest this is, Mike. Have you ever bought anything from anyone where they will tell you, hey, 
I don't know if you should buy this one. It's not that good a deal. That's what SeatGeek does. It's unbelievable. It's pretty good. I Um, I use it. Legitimately, yes. I use it. Yeah. Before they started paying us, it's an app on my phone already. Yeah, it's an app on my phone. I used it to get uh, Amos Lee tickets at the Met last week. I'm just kidding. I didn't use it to get Amos Lee tickets. But I, I, uh, I got them for free, but I did look on SeatGeek to see how much they would have cost me wow. if I, I didn't get them. <laughs> what an honorable guy. Yeah, I, would say, I don't want to lie. I want to be honest. But if I had to pay, I would have used SeatGeek. It's the only way to get tickets. Put the app on your phone. Here's what you got to do. And you have to show them that we mean business. It's very important that you do this. You get, you get $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. So if you want to get playoff tickets, 10 bucks off. Um, use our promo code RTRS on your first purchase. You use it for anything, playoff tickets, concert tickets, sports comedy, whatever you want. But you get 10 bucks off your first purchase if you use code RTRS. Go download the app, use promo code RTRS for $10 off your first purchase. Seat Geek. Seat Geek. Chair dork. Do you ha- <laughs> um, Well, <clears throat> that's all I got. I, I, do you expect the, uh, the rest of the Eastern Conference first round to sort of go chalk? Uh, you know... Bucks win, uh, Celtics win, and Raptors I, win. No, well. no, no. Really? I think I think the Pacers are winning this series. Really? Yeah, Marcus Smart out for the first and second round. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't feel it with them, man. I think they're just. They're, Marcus Smart is a very. I think there's a there's a glue to him, not just in what he do, like provides, but. Like in terms of production, but also just like being there, and I think that things might fall apart without him. He's also shot like ridiculously well for Marcus Smart this year, so he is an absolute, an absolute weapon. Um, and I, I just I think that Kyrie's going to try to do it all himself, and people are going to get pissed off. And Indiana has a way of being stingy, and I just you know they steal the first one, and then. It's all. I think all hell breaks loose. I'm absolutely going to bet. Uh, I'm going to bet Indiana for sure. What are they? Like they had plus two hundred, something like that. Yeah. I wonder. Um, that was just a guess. Well, that that does make the second round easier for Milwaukee. You know, that does sort of clear a path for them. I like with all. I'll do uh, Celtic slander aside. That would have been a tougher out, especially if they had won that first round for for Milwaukee. Maybe than uh, than Indiana will be. So I do like the. It is Detroit, right? Detroit, uh, Milwaukee. I, I, I do. Oh wait, no. I wanted no. Detroit is seven, right? No, hold on. Orlando for the playoff match. Seven. Orlando seven. Right. Oh, okay. I wanted Detroit, uh, Toronto. That's yeah. what I wanted. So we I. didn't get that. So that would have been cool. Yeah. Um, before we look, oh, go ahead. I was going to talk about the Sixers, the Sixers playoff rotation, and how you feel about that. And oh, yeah. There. Let's do it. Um, Let's do it. Well, the starters are the starters. Starters, the starters. They're going to play. I think JJ will play like thirty-six to thirty-eight minutes a night. There's no back-to-backs. Nobody's going to be sitting. Um, I could see. Jimmy, Tobias, and Ben all all up in the above 40. Uh, we'll see how, how they monitor and beats minutes. And then against a team like Brooklyn, Jared Allen, maybe Ed Davis, maybe RHJ, uh, do you think that you can, if they're playing Ed Davis, you can put, you can go Boban 
I don't know. I don't. They seem to be kind of cagey about Jonah Bolden's health, but I think this is a matchup where you could, you know, if if it, if Jared Allen's in there, you can go Boban. He's not going to stretch the floor on you, and that and that sort of works out nicely. Yeah. The uh, any any series that you can get through, um, being able to play Boban, I think, is a win. I think like especially given the Bolden injury. Um, and, like, really, regardless of, of whether Embiid plays in the first game, like, he is clearly slowed by this knee thing. Um, and any games that we can sneak in that he does not have to play 37 minutes a game will be uh, a bonus, and Boban games are, are big for that. Yeah, and, so, I, and, I, and I, I like Mike Scott. I think he's absolutely going to play 20-ish minutes a night um and i like going to him small sometimes but i think you know you want somebody out there rim protecting and the sixers he's not one so i i think if if you can get boban at least to just be big and 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 limit second chance opportunities um then then i'd feel i'd feel good about that you're never going to match Embiid's production and so maybe going small is a way to like sort of counteract that and just give it a different look out there um, whereas Boban does the same thing as Embiid, except just obviously significantly worse defensively. Um, but so I, I would throw looks at him, but I would try to I would try to steal as many Boban at the five minutes as you can, just to you know yeah. be a be a difference maker. And he you know played great tonight, two for three from three. Like that shot looks good and confident. I would not mind him stepping out and hitting that shot um, if Embiid's out Greg there. Greg Monroe. Yeah, Greg Monroe also hit a three. Um, now Greg Monroe, Boban Marjanovic. Both hit threes this year. Ben Simmons, still a no. Still a no. We would have, I don't know. We, we would have been wrong. Boban, Monroe, and Amir Johnson all hit threes today. And Shake. <laughs> and Zaire. And Zaire, yeah. And Jonathan Simmons hit three. Yeah. Ridiculous. Um, as far, uh, so we got, the, we got the five. We got Mike Scott as the, as the sixth man. You got possibly, Bol- if Bolden's healthy, they might try a little bit. Um, if it's RHJ out there, if it's not, then they'll maybe they go Boban. I think they'll play it by ear and, and see who's see who's hot and feeling good against the matchup. Um, Ennis. Ennis seems to not be ready. Like I at least miss a f- the first couple games. They're they're sort of also being cagey about that. I don't know if it's gamesmanship or they just don't know. Um, <laughs> gamesmanship. Gamesmanship. We re- really got really got to fuck with the Nets by not letting hey, them know if James look, Ennis is going to play. <laughs> what was this podcast based on? It was Sam Hinkie giving as <laughs> yep. little information as possible. I think. Yep. I mean, playoff Sam Hinkie. He might have just you know hid hid the benches. There might be like a big tarp over them, so you couldn't see who's even dressed. So he might go. He might go American League jerseys and not even put the names on the back. I like that. So to confuse, confuse the yeah. other team, see if you can identify <laughs> Haywood Highsmith because he's playing. Guess yep. what? <laughs> um, and and so I'm I'm not sure about Ennis. I think he'll at least miss a, a couple games in there. Um, maybe they sit Bolden for a little, or just he's not ready for it. Um, and. And the, the question becomes, how much do you play TJ? How many minutes can you get away with TJ in this line, against this team? I think you, I, I think against D'Angelo, he can be, he can bother him a little bit. D'Angelo is a decent ball handler, but can get sloppy. And so if TJ wants to get in his get in his lap and just piss people off, that might not be bad. Uh, Dinwiddie's too big for him. I just don't, I just don't like that matchup at all. Um, but. Yeah, I mean, and then you and then you talk about Zaire. Obviously, just to say it for the the audience, Shake is not playoff uh, eligible, 
as a two-way player. He will be next year when the, when they have him on a regular contract, but uh, he can't play at all. I wonder if he can even be with the team or if he has to like, just go home. That would be sad. What do you think? Yeah, I would love for him to be on the bench at least. Yeah, some frosty freeze-outs. Why not? Um, yeah, and that's it. That's I think you get Zaire. I think Jonathan Simmons has, has managed to string together two uh, minimally spazzy-looking games. Um 27 and 5 tonight and I think last night he had eight, eight assists he seemed to be like calm and under control so I think maybe that earned him some some respect from Brett in a in a, in a, in a pinch in an offense defense with JJ situation I don't know who, who would you trust in an offense defense with JJ late in the game between Zaire and John Simmons I think you'd have to go John I think you almost have to go John Simmons uh, just because he's played more um, he's more, I think he's more physically ready and he's more likely as spazzy as he is, he is more likely to have some sort of idea about where to be. You know, you've mentioned it a couple of times, but it's definitely true about Zaire not knowing where to stand on both sides. And I would hate for, for a, 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 a big playoff possession to come to a guy who, might not know exactly where to stand. Yeah. So there's no guarantee that's, that's that a John problem Simmons, with the whole team, right. by the way. There's no guarantee yeah. that John does. John Simmons obviously like has, the book on him is that he's athletic. And I think he used to be he, he looks look he looks like, like he looks like a guy who just is wearing heavy shoes and like he and it's affecting every element of his game. And like he had athleticism in the past, but now he's just wearing these like ten pound shoes that are just keeping him from actually accessing any of that. Um, How do we know he's not? Yeah, true. Get the equipment manager in here. Yeah. I, here's yeah. why I would say Zaire, and I, and I hear your point about just he's a rookie and he's played five games and stuff. I think he's more likely to make a difference, uh, make it like a game-changing play, a game-changing offensive rebound, that kind of thing, without trying to do too much on the offensive end. I think he would really be receptive to people just yelling at him, saying, like, pass me the ball back, don't dribble it, like, get the fuck out of here. Whereas John Simmons, I think, blocks out the world uh, puts horse blinders on and decides this is my time. I'm going to do this um, and could easily fall over, turn the ball over like three times in one possession suddenly. So I would go with Zaire, um, but I have been impressed with, with Simmons' last few games, I will say. Well, uh, we'll look to see which sixer has <laughs> horse blinders on. That's right. Hey, how about TJ's game tonight? <laughs> TJ, they, they, did you watch it? You watched some of the game, you said. No, I didn't see. I, honestly, I, so I'm in New York for work, and I had a work dinner. So I saw. I was watching uh, our usual Jason Lipschitz mentioned. Jason from Billboard was at the game, and uh, I was watching the box score and asking him questions. And my first question was the TJ game question mark. So it looked like TJ and Boban were were excellent. Yeah, TJ was just like looked confident. I think like honestly, and maybe it was just because the Bulls were playing their backups and nobody was trying. And even the the Heat game last night, man, like by the end there, it was just evolving into like a pickup game by the end when nobody's really trying and just it's a fast break on every possession. Um, but he seemed to have slowed down in a nice way and like is playing with with pace that that isn't like rushing things and uh nine of ten from the field hit, back to hitting that mid-range shot he's legitimately one of the best mid-range shooters in the league he, he hasn't been in the last month but but if he's gonna do that that's a weapon uh, i'm starting to find guys again i i i just think tj in a playoff series 
jacked up at home, all that energy. I think that like he's going to be able to make some things happen in short stints. And so I wouldn't. There's a chance that he doesn't play in a game or two, but I, I would. I would try to keep guys fresh and, and use TJ for you know three-minute stints here and there and get him like six or nine minutes and something. Yeah, I absolutely would not write him off. And I've, I think I said the last two podcasts, he's been looking offensively like he's back to normal, like he's finding it. Um, he definitely lost. Like when that shot, I think what happens is when that shot stops going down, it throws his entire game off. And that's sort of what seemed like it was happening. So it's good to have him back. And we, I, I'm not trying to overrate him. I Like I know exactly what he is, but we did see him be a, a large reason why they won a playoff game last year. And I only need to see that once to know that it can happen. So um, that's it. I'm psyched for it. We still don't know what time the fucking game is or what day the game is. It's going to be can be interesting for me. I, I'm I'm really hoping for not a Saturday night game, um, or it's gonna be a rough Saturday night for me. But fingers crossed. Yeah, I mean, I bet it, it's probably not gonna be that late. It's two Eastern time zone teams. Well, no, not not that there's a, a Providence Animal Center event that night that I'm hosting, and so it'll be late for me, I guess. But we'll see. Uh, anything else on the playoffs? Anything? Anything? You, so you expect the? Because uh, I wanted to talk about the season, and I also want to talk about a couple of uh, possible bannings, which we might have to do. Um, have you said? I, I, we both think the Warriors are coming out of the West, right? I mean, I have no idea. There's a bunch of good teams. Everybody's one injury away from like being in trouble. Wow. Steph tw- t- tweaked an ankle. He seems like he's fine, but like. If Steph goes down, like that's a vulnerable team. You know, there's there's just depth issues on that team for sure. They need their start. They need their starters just as bad as we need ours. Um, they happen to be the two best starting lineups in the league, but um, yeah, that's the way it goes. Um, I I I think it's. I feel. Who knows about the Warriors? I feel just one more thing about the the Sixers game. Like it was really nice, even though these are scrubs out there and the Bulls are nothing and they're not trying. It was really nice to end the season on a win. Like, I'm, I'm, maybe not for the Sixers, maybe not for anybody else. For me personally, like, uh, there's been some ugliness for sure, and just like handling the Bulls up by 25 most of the game, and being able to just walk the ball down the court at the end and just be like, we won like 51 games, 20 games over 500, like a couple confidence building games from from guys we might need, like as much as it's nothing. I, it feels better than had these games been flipped and you end with like a 40 point loss to Miami. It's just like, this yeah, is nice. well, it's better than a loss. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, before we get going, I have some big news or not get going before we talk about the season and the possible bannings. Uh, I do have some big news about one of our sponsors, Mike. Um, would you like to hear this big news? This is a uh, big news that you're just learning now. Tell me. You ready? Okay. So as we know, Cornblow and Cornblow is the official law firm of the process, right? The premier boutique personal injury law firm in the Delaware Valley. But what people have been saying, um, and, and this has been going, this has been rampant. They've been like, I can never remember how to spell Cornblow. Uh, it's often a problem for people who are trying to go to Cornblow and Cornblow.com. It's often a problem for people who are emailing him at Cornblow and at Cornblow and Cornblow.com. So you can simply now go to 
lawyerfortheprocess.com. Wow. That's right. <laughs> All you have to do to reach Adam Kornblau is go to lawyerfortheprocess.com. Mike, your your thoughts on this. Mm. I just want I, I sort of want him to get sued and see what happens from there, but uh, feeling good. <laughs> good, for, good for our boy. Uh, yeah. He, brand yourself accordingly. Yep. He is, he is all about the branding and he is, uh, he is all about getting you what you deserve in a lawsuit, uh, for your personal injury. Don't you get hurt. Don't be a hero. Don't lie. Somebody's at fault. They, they should have to pay for it. That's what the, our legal system's for. That's what Cornblow's for, whether it's medical malpractice, which they are experts at, uh, but they're experts at all of it. And they're experts at serving you. Slip and fall and you. Uh, car accident and you. Injured at work and you. Just call Cornblow, 215-576-7200. Ask for Adam. Or just go to lawyerfortheprocess.com. Um, and by the way, Cornblow is spelled K-O-R-N-B-L-A-U. It's spelled like it sounds, like all your other Cornblow <laughs> friends. Yeah. Every Cornblow is spelled exactly the same. Let me, let me throw this at you, Mike. Two, uh, two writers, two well-respected writers, NBA writers this week, uh, revealed their MVP ballots. Now, one has an MVP ballot. The other one does not. Um, Zach Lowe and Dan Devine of The Ringer. And um, I don't have a relationship with Zach, but Dan has always been a good guy like Dan Devine. Uh, neither one had Joel Embiid in their top five in MVP voting. They had Joel Embiid, or not, not Joel Embiid. They had uh, James Harden. They had um, Giannis Antetokounmpo. They had um, Paul George, Damian Lillard, and Nikola Jokic. Um, okay. I, I, mean, I, uh, I, I think that, you know, even though Embiid is, is a clear, you know, number one difference maker for this team, I, I think that having Ben and Tobias and Jimmy sort of, you know, dilutes the vote a little bit there. Well, that sounds like nonsense to me. I mean, he's clearly more effective than Jokic. And people that were telling me about missed games, Jokic played 300 more minutes than Embiid in an entire six-month season. It's not, like, notable or anything. Paul George has been trash for the last six weeks of the season. He's, um, he's injured. The shoulder, and they're the like shoulder a, seems to be a real, a real issue. They're like a fucking seven seed or something. Yeah. Like, the, I don't know. I, for all we talk about these other guys on the Sixers team, they're just a different, they are a contender with Embiid. They are not a contender without. It's not even close. But, it, but is um, that... For him is not that, to be in... Would, wouldn't you say that that is... Uh, that's not like the purest way to think about it. If if they just have a really bad you know system or backup without him, if they had some like replacement level rim protector, that you know even Amir Johnson's offensive ability with just better rim protecting, like and and legitimate but these, interior play, wouldn't that be like oh that's how you know it wouldn't it wouldn't be as stark without him on the court. Maybe, but these splits have been the same for the three years he's been here. Like, it's, it's always been massive difference with him. Um, and they haven't had a real bench, like, any time over the last few years, you know? And nobody has had the splits he's had. And even if you just look at it in a more conventional way, like, Mike, he averaged 28, 14, 
um, and four. Yeah, like I saw that every. I, I saw a stat. Everybody, uh, everybody who averaged those minimums uh, is currently in the Hall of Fame. For if, if well, then uh, Joel Embiid, which Joel is Joel Embiid Hall of Fame. I mean, I started. I did start thinking about it today with the Dwayne Wade stuff of of him uh, playing his last game and same with Dirk, and just imagining how if Embiid plays his whole career here, like how the fans are going to be and how I am going to be um, and started getting a glimpse into that. But, uh, Oh man. Yeah. Already thinking about the future, but I, you know, yeah. he, he had an incredible year. He's, he's absolutely an MVP candidate. I would have, I would have had him in my top five for sure. Um, I, Jokic is very good. I like Jokic a lot more than you do, but defense matters and Jokic doesn't, is a, is a liability uh, over there. So I, it sounds like you're saying no ban for Dan or Zach. No, especially not Dan. I like Dan a lot. Dan is a Dan is a, a very good friend to the podcast and uh, deserves deserves some rope for his honest opinions. Well, uh, I hope you tied a not at the end of it, Dan, because you're at the very end of your rope, uh, and you're going to need to hang on. So let's not fuck this up. Let it. Well, I, I won't push the ban, but like, let's not have this happen again. Uh, let's look back very briefly on the 2018-2019 Philadelphia 76ers season. All of these things happened. Um, right before the season, they hired former Sixer Elton and, and enormous bust as a, a player, huge contract bust, uh, Elton Brand to be the general manager. He had never been in a, he had never been an NBA general manager, assistant general manager, um, and he had only worked briefly as the Sixers G League general manager. I, I have a quibble um, with enormous bust, actually. Well, with the Sixers, he was. He was okay. He was he. The contract no, was a lot, he, and he became like a role yeah. player for the team because he never fully recovered. He never got his bounce back after the Achilles injury. I just have a, t- I, I have a tough I time a, with enormous bust. I, that's that would that that bumped me a little bit. I look. I I no one had more respect for Elton the way Elton played here than I did. I I loved him and I thought he was a good player. But given the context, I don't think it's like crazy to say that that was a bust signing. But fair. How fair. how old was he when, he, when the, we signed him? Um, he was probably what twenty eight. He was twenty something like he that. Twenty nine. So he, at age twenty nine, he were, he was recovering from an Achilles injury, which is isn't that the same age Jimmy is right now? Jimmy also twenty nine. It, it is. It is. Um, hmm. Yeah. Well, we should go and give him, <laughs> give him all that money. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Then, what uh, Wait, 14 and nine, 13 and six, 15 and eight, 11 and seven. Like those are like, obviously not great, but dude, look, was, look at his numbers pers- before the injury. Oh, absolutely. He's not, he was not the also, but like it was the Sixers fault for thinking that a guy coming off an Achilles would be able to right away, like give that pr- kind of production back. Well, right. But I, I are we really going to... <laughs> I'm just giving him a little bit more credit of saying, like, hey, he never bounced back from that, but he was a solid role player and good culture guy here for a sure. long time. So enormous yeah. bust was just a little far for me. That's why I had to point it out. Okay, fine. Regular bust. Moderate bust. A disappointment. There you go. A disappointment. That's fine. That's fine. Then Elton. And I'm a big Elton guy. I'm an Elton guy. I don't, you know. Then uh, Elton came to the live Ricky, uh, WWE style, and said, trust the process, on stage as the entire crowd chanted normal collar at him. <laughs> he also threatened me. Yes, he threatened you. 
Markel Fultz, um, who looked pretty good for one preseason game, was named the starter, but that he would not start the second half, that J.J. Redick would start. Fultz went on to hit four three-pointers on the season. He then uh, got benched in the second half of a game against the Suns for T.J. McConnell. Uh, Zaire Smith not only broke his foot, but got a food allergy that was so bad, he had to have surgery, and he lost at least 20 pounds and almost died and missed most of the season. The Sixers traded uh, Robert Covington and Dario Saric for Jimmy Butler. And Bayless. Um, and, and, oh, and Jared Bayless, right, for Jimmy Butler. Um, within two weeks, there was a leak that Butler had loudly questioned uh, Coach Brett Brown. Coach Brett Brown did deny that it was a problem. The Sixers then traded for Tobias Harris. They traded Landry Shamet, surprise rookie sensation. The Miami Heat pick, a unprotected Sixers pick, and they got back Tobias Harris, Mike Scott, and Boban Marjanovic. And to wrap it up, they traded Markel Fultz to the Orlando Magic for a top 20 protected Oklahoma City Thunder pick that the Sixers used to have anyway, and Jonathan Simmons. It was a busy year, Mike. It was a busy year. How will you remember this year? Oh, man. If you could have just said that at the beginning of the year, we'd have had to do so so many less podcasts. That would have been better. Um, this was, I mean, just a year of change, right? I mean, everything, there was not, it yeah. never really settled. Um, and I think as a result, um, it seemed like Joe and Ben got closer together and, and I think you can see in, in their encore production that they, they're, they're much more comfortable with each other than they were last year. It's easy to forget that this is only their second year playing together and, and we think, we think of them as, you know, hopefully franchise cornerstones for the next 10 years. Um, but I think going into the playoffs, you look at it and you say like, okay, because of all this change, um, what is this team's identity? And uh, it's, I think you can boil it down to like we have the best players, um, but we'll see if that is the case. I mean, one, I think it's hard to assess really any of the moves right now. I know it's kind of unfair, but it's, it's hard to assess any of the moves right now going into when they're going to actively try. And regardless of whether we think this team has deserved the ability to have an on-off switch, they did. There, there's a bunch of veterans on this team. Some of them have been there before. Uh, and they know that the 82-game season was a uh, prologue to when it starts to count. And, uh, and so I think we just have to wait and see if, if they're as good as they think they are. Yeah, it's, it's a, a good point about what their identity is. And they have certainly not had enough time to do it. And that's, they've, they've sort of defined it as we have the best starting lineup as a like mostly because there is a, a lack of of anything other than that to like to sort of define who they are uh it should be an interesting playoffs a you know uh, kyle newbeck who i was, went back and forth on twitter with the other day um not in a negative way just talking about um the postseason 
um, he said like that the, the team showed active disdain for the regular season toward the end there, which I think is a fair way to put it, but is sort of a weird way for a bunch of guys who have not really had any sort of playoff success. Um, and wait, sorry, um, the, there's a there's an, I don't know if you can hear the uh, sirens, so I will make my prediction. Uh-oh. Pacers in five. Oh wow, there you go. That's sizzling, sizzling take. Let it ride, baby. Uh, uh, so I, you know, we'll we'll see. I the uh, the I think the interesting thing about the the talent argument is that going against Milwaukee and going against Toronto, they could uh, they're they're facing teams that are deeper than they are, but also arguably both of those teams would have the best player in the series as well. Um, you know, it depends on the day, and Embiid certainly has the ability to be the best t- best player in the series. But both Toronto and Milwaukee have a guy who could who could be that as well. So that's the um, you know that's the challenge. Do you what what uh, knowing what we know, what grade would you give Elton for the year? Huh. we are still within the three hundred and sixty five day pass. So right. I, so A. It's got to be an A legally. Um, yeah. Yep. But I do think, like, you know, I wish, I wish that there were uh, less, fewer centers on the team. That's something I can, I can, I can think, and still think Elton did a pretty good job. I think those are correctable mistakes, but they, they like having big, long, imposing guys. Um, I don't know if anyone's imposed by Amir Johnson these days, but. Uh, I wish they. I think. I wish they wished. I think they wished Jonathan Simmons had helped a little bit more, and maybe he he's settled down into that. I don't know. Um, the James Ennis injury leaves them without like their their first wing <laughs> sub, and that that seems to really knock them like hurt a lot. So I wish that wasn't the case. Um, some things obviously were out of his control. Some things he he decided to you know sell the farm for for one of the two or three best starting lineups in the league. Um, so, I, I again, I, I, I hate to do a cop-out situation, but it's this team was built for the playoffs. And so to, to judge anything really before the playoffs come and before you see, like, oh, it doesn't matter that uh, Mike Scott is their best reserve because he's only playing, like, 12 minutes a night because everybody else is playing so much. So, I, I you know, it really is a different ballgame in the playoffs. And, uh, you know, I, I'm not like a, I'm not an identity guy. Like, I think that the, I think so much of that is, is just bullshit narrative for the media to package, um, of like this team has an identity and their defense first. It's like, whatever, everybody in the playoffs, everybody tries on defense. Um, but I think because they just haven't played together that much, they've played together for 10 games, um, when they're all healthy, there's just a... An unfamiliarity and a you you don't you know you know what the Warriors look like when they get rolling and you know what M- Toronto looks like when they get rolling and Milwaukee uh, the Celtics are another team that I think nobody knows what they are because they just like fucking hate each other so much um, but it's weird the Sixers like when, when they're doing well like what is happening is it, it it feels like it's just exploiting the matchup that you can't cover. So if like somebody, if somebody small is on Ben, then it's going to be Ben just like being aggressive and taking it down low and, and, and posting up and, and overpowering them. If it's Jimmy with a guy that's small or weak on him, then it's fine. If, if Tobias gets the like 
you know, the other team's equivalent of JJ on him, then it's like we're going to you in the post or we're going to you like isolation. And obviously MB doing his thing and, and kicking out of it when they pass and his passing has improved. But it's it's there's not like a a constant fluidity to the offense because they just don't know each other that well. So I, I think it's, you know, they made the bet that the town's going to win out. Um, I usually agree with them. I wish that Toronto was not the matchup in the second round because that is the team that I've been afraid of the most all year. So we'll see. We can, we can, when we talk about expectations and, and what's a disappointment and what's, uh, what would pass as like, you know, a decent result and an optimistic going forward. Um, we can get there, but I wish that wasn't the matchup. I'll say that much. I don't, um, I, I was thinking, I, I, I definitely think Milwaukee's a tougher matchup. I think there's a weird thing going on with Milwaukee where there is every obvious sign that they are the toughest matchup and we're generally ignoring all of it. Like they had the third best offense, the best defense, the MVP, they are they have they brought back almost the exact same team. So they know each other. They have a, a good coach like I have a bunch of questions about Toronto and I don't really have any, the only question I have about Milwaukee is like, can you, are you going to the finals with, with Chris Middleton as your second best player? But, um, but that's it. And that's more of like a troll thing than I, than I think a real thing. So I, I think they are, I think Milwaukee is much better, but yeah, we'll see. I, I just, I, I just disagree. I think the Sixers, maybe it's a matchup situation. I think the Sixers match up way better with, with Milwaukee. I think you put, you put Giannis, you put Embiid on Giannis, and especially in the playoffs, you dare him to shoot. And if he's playing one-on-one with Embiid, that means the other guys aren't getting involved. They beat him. They beat him once at full strength, and I think they would have won the other game if they like gave a shit to get there. I know we've we've sort of well, they gave to, a shit. Yeah, but I think it was, they, I, I think they lost for sure. I, I just think they're. Yeah. I think I think this is a. I'm not saying Milwaukee's a bad team. They're a great team. They're a little dinged up. Brogdon's injury hurts. Um, Middleton can just stroke. Uh, Bledsoe is is very good. Um, Brooke Lopez is obviously very good. They're a well-coached team, but I think they're a regular season team because they were deep. Because they were, you know, they had a bunch of guys that could step in and do a bunch of things. Now when the offense clo- like shuts down, it's like, yeah, who's your best? Who's your second best player if Embiid is doing a good job on, on Giannis? Where are you getting the offense from? And I, I just I don't see it as much with with Milwaukee. Uh, against us, maybe um, there's a. I wouldn't be surprised if they made it all the way to the finals, but I, I think Toronto is just like they can just match up really well. They pr- they they pose problems for Embiid. Gasol's always been tough on Embiid. Kawhi on Ben, we've seen a bunch of times, and that scares the hell out of me. Um, they have shooting. They have they pass the ball well. They they also know each other very well. There's the weirdness of what's going to happen with Kawhi, so that's an issue, but. Man, I just think they're I just think they're really good. Danny Green's good. Siakam is a, a wild card and is also very good on both ends. They're just Ibaka's never missed a shot against us. Like I just I, I worry about it. But you know, if so we've already previewed the Brooklyn series and I'm not looking past them because I think they're a pretty good team. I do think the Sixers are gonna handle them pretty easily. But if it is Sixers Sixers Raptors round two, say they say both Raptors and Sixers win in five in the first round. Um what would be a is there a result against the Raptors, even if it's a loss, that doesn't like throw the city and the team like into total disarray? Even if they lose in seven, like well, is it is it, it like it shouldn't. Yeah, I, I it shouldn't. I 
I, I, I would, did want to say one thing. Like, I, I wish the entire, like, Sixers internet wouldn't have a fucking meltdown um, when I, like, write something that is a... Like, I, I, I wrote a thing that I thought the Sixers would have a, be- a better chance at the finals this year if they did not make either of those trades and signed Trevor Ariza and also traded for Nikola Mirotic, that I think they would have a better chance at the finals. And, like, I don't need, um, like, like think tweet threads about, like, why people are mad at me. Like, stop being mad. I, did, I, I didn't say anything that crazy. If you write something and publish it, people are going to react to it. As, as Yeah, but, but like, I, I don't need the, like, like I, I don't understand why it's such a, every time it's such a, big fucking deal like like why it's got to be i guess it's just the internet i just i can't take it anymore um i i I thought i wrote it really reasonably actually like no trolling really reasonable um whatever uh i i don't think losing the raptors are better so and and i think that the problem is that trading for a couple of guys like starter level guys mid-season essentially and the guys barely playing together is that we can talk about it as win now all we want that's not like win now that's not how win now works in the nba so if if they were to go seven with toronto i don't know i i don't know how people are going to react but i think their expectations are a little bit out of whack for the sixers well i I think they're kind of all over the place i think i think some people are like yeah it's hopeless they might even you know brooklyn might not a bad matchup whatever it is i we, I don't want to spend too much time on on what, how people what people are panicking about, but uh, the ownership group does seem to like put stock into the temperature of the fan base and and uh, what the narrative is and what the book is on them. So I I do think that right now Toronto's a better team. I still think the Sixers have you know at least four of the top six players in that matchup. Um. I, I think that the Sixers have every chance to win that game I just, or win that series. I just think that that'd be tough. And so if they lose to Toronto in in four or five, then obviously that is that will piss a lot of people off, and and the team might implode. And you you can probably see Jimmy walking in that situation. But if they go to six or seven, and there's like you know a couple games that could have swung in either direction, whatever, whatever. Um, yeah, I mean, there's good. They're good teams. Like it shouldn't be the case. It shouldn't be the case that it's championship or bust. Um, that you have to improve on last year. I, I I want them to, but I think you're right. Like, you guys made a bunch of changes over the course of the season. Health was always an issue, um, whether it's with Embiid or with like guys on the bench, like never getting comfortable with a real rotation. And, uh, and now we're just hoping it works together. And I I do think that there's a confidence to the players in the Sixers and and knowing that they can that they can produce at such a high level. Tobias has really struggled over the last month. Hopefully, that's that comes around soon. It'd be it's nice to it would be nice to have a nice like four or five game series where m- most games are fairly blowoutish, so we can just like have everybody settle in and be comf- com- confident that they're building towards something. But I think the I think the players all believe themselves. Like I don't think that there's panic around the players. I think the coaches are like we don't know what we're gonna do, and the organization might be. Uh, a little worried about health and and togetherness, but I think the players are like you know they look around and see a good a really damn good five man roster or five man starting lineup, 
And I think they think they can beat anybody in the league, and they're right. Well, they can beat anybody in the league um, once. I, I don't think they can beat anybody in the league four out of seven times, but um, we'll see. And and as far as the expectations, the team is as guilty as anyone for setting them up totally. that high. No, you're totally right. Um, from, yeah, from, uh, and that goes on, and I agree with you on like non-basketball operations front office from ownership to marketing and stuff like that, but also basketball operations like, you know, it, uh, Elton said it repeatedly. Brett said it repeatedly. Like this is their bed to lie in in a, in a certain respect uh, with that. So um, I was overall, I would say I was happy with um, Ben's uh, performance this year. The jumper thing has got to happen, but um, I was really uh, excited and proud of the way he learned to work off ball and work with Embiid. Um, Embiid somehow took a, another leap this year, and I hope his knee. Is is fine the off season so he can have a uh, a great off season. You know he really another one of those could be could be enormous for him. Yeah. So I was you know as the most important guys on the team, I was happy with uh, with what they did. And as far as Brett goes, like I think he had a tough job this year, and um, I thought he did a a good job with a, a tough job that he had. Yeah, I agree. I mean. It's so much. I I've, I think I, I got a little pan for this, but I don't. I just don't think that most NBA coaches at this level are doing much other than like deciding what offense, what what defense to run, and like be and like uh, sort of engendering a, a positive work environment and and trying to keep everybody happy. Like I I'm not saying they don't do anything. I'm saying that like. It comes down to the players. Like it's just it comes down to the players whether they hit shots, whether they're good enough, whether uh, the front office has given them enough to work with. Um, in the regular season, you can take a bad team and Doug Collins them into like the seventh seed or whatever. In the playoffs, that can't happen. And so it's going to come down to the players winning particular matchups. I'm not, I'm not saying Brett can't do a good job or a bad job, and. I, but for the season, it's been like, just keep the train reasonably on tracks. And I think with all these personalities and all the change and stuff, I think he's done a, a good job of that. And we'll see if, what the playoffs, like, it'd be nice if Brett outcoached somebody in, in, in the second round. That'd be great. If Brett outcoaches Nick Nurse, I would love that. Um, but we'll see. I mean, with Ben specifically, and we'll, I'm sure we'll do like a season-ending grades and stuff after the, after the year's over. But um, I think a big step for Ben was like improving the foul shot and what did he end what did he end the season at from the 60% line? okay 60 all right and that and that was that was like i think better there were like better months than that he he improved on the uh over like after the all-star break it felt like it was much better but um that's that's it it felt more confident incremental improvement like i think it's going to get there um i think he took it seemed like he took a couple more fadeaways and turnarounds confidently this year who knows um, there's probably numbers to check that out. I'm not going to look them up, but I think it'll come. It, you wish it happened sooner, but I think I think him feeling not whether whether he was hitting foul shots or not, um, and he obviously got a little bit better year over year. He he certainly was more willing to take them, and you can tell that by how aggressive he was going at the rim. And he like he wasn't. There were times his rookie year where you're like, oh, he doesn't want to get fat or he's shying away from contact because he doesn't want to go to the line. And I didn't see that this year, and I think that's a big step. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And next step is actually being pretty good at it 
um, those shots. So, all right, uh, we will talk to you after the uh, the. There's a Sixers playoff game, so let's hope they are one and zero after that. So, congratulations, Sixers! Congratulations to us for uh, being right and still being here. So, do you think big uh, congratulations? What's I mean, you're going to say Sixers and four, but what do you think? The how do you feel about Brooklyn? What do you think the matchup's going to look like? I think they're going to win in five. Okay. I think the Sixers are going to win in five. I, I think this will be easier than people are expecting. Actually, I don't. I don't think much of Brooklyn. So it would make a. I re- hope I don't. It would make a really nice statement to just win in four and just sort of put them away. Yeah. I would feel very. Yeah, very. I good agree. About that. that would that would raise everybody's spirits, especially with the uh, the Phillies falling apart. For two games of a 162 game. For two games in April. In, yeah. In April. The games that matter the most. <laughs> yeah. All right. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you this weekend. Playoffs, We're done with baby. TTP. Playoffs. 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 We're here. Playoffs. And Playoffs. Yes, Playoffs. you know. We are the murderers pair. Dead with the jail and we murdered the murderers there. Then with the hell and discovered the devil delivered some hurt and despair. Used to have powder to push. Now I smoke pounds of the push. Holy, I'm burning the bush. Now I give a fuck about none of this shit. Two runner over and out of this bitch. Done. I'm in a rush to be numb. Dropping a thousand ain't much. Come from the clouds on a missile to turn.